0: Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind. My name is Robert Lamb.
0: And I'm Julie Douglas.
1: Julie, tell me this. Have you ever just hulked out? Something will provoke you and you just trying to do it like a rage. And you're suddenly able to tap previously inaccessible mm-hmm. reserves of strength yeah. in order to demolish things.
0: Yeah, I was so hungry one time. I was hangry oh the hangry yeah and there was this jar of pasta sauce and mm-hmm. i just <laughs> and i popped it open like that is wow. that what you're talking about
1: more or less you know hulking out like uh it tends to of course imply a you've got the incredible hulk bruce, mm-hmm. bruce banner uh due to yeah my uh, shirt
0: tore and everything yeah i yeah. turned green did you mm-hmm. okay
1: was that after you ate the sauce? That's why it was so easy to open. Yeah, it was of, expired. <laughs> uh, no, but, of course, the Incredible Hulk uh, comic book character, due to radiation, he gets angry. Mm-hmm. He mutates uh, into this ginormous green muscle man yes. who uh, just goes on a rampage and destroys Right, stuff.
0: And, and he's usually angry or stressed. I mean, he's, he's in an agitated state. Right. Right.
1: And then, of course, there's Hulk Hogan uh, who also... <laughs> Hulk's out. Are you familiar with this? Yes, I am. Yes, yeah, so, so you've seen a Hulk Hogan match?
0: I have, yeah.
1: How? I mean, on the, I'm curious. On the
0: TV. Yeah, well, I know. I turned it on TV. once, and I admired his his wonderful mustache. Okay. And how could I not sit there and uh, be riveted by his blonde, uh sheen of hair?
1: Well, the man was and, a confident performer. It's true. Yeah. But he would do this thing where he would get beat down mm-hmm. uh, at 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 last by the bad guy, by the enemy, by the heel, and then he starts. Hulking out, he he starts getting up, like he's he's shakes his arms. There's a lot of shaking of the body, yeah. Uh, but the, but what is implied is that he's been beaten down to the point where uh, the rage is building, and he's hulking out. The, his
0: superhuman strength
1: is kicking in, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And, and that's ju- what we're talking about, yeah, it? yeah. Well, not Hulk Hogan, of course, but we're talking more like a, I don't know, hundred pound moms who are lifting thirty five hundred pound cars off of their kid who's pinned underneath.
1: Yes, that's so, a, sort of yeah, yeah, I, th- I think we've seen this motif pop up in any number of things where it's the idea that the average person you don't have to be Hulk Hogan or Bruce Banner, but the average person can somehow tap into the strength and and suddenly summon inhuman strength to right. save somebody or to get out of some sort of uh, um, bad situation.
0: Yeah, and it's it's an intriguing idea because I know we've talked about um this idea before about how we only use 10% of our brain, which we right. know is myth, right? Mm-hmm. But it's sort of similar, like, oh, well, we only use perhaps 25% of our muscle fibers and that there's a superhuman hu- strength available to us. And yeah. that's sort of right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, under the right circumstances, this could be... a a possible condition now of course medical science doesn't actually recognize something called hysterical strength which is what we're talking about Right? because for
1: i mean for one thing how do you study it um yeah do you you'd be like all right we need um you know 18 moms and their beloved children to uh, participate (laughs) in a study um just warning fair warning we may have to stick your toddler under a, a buick you know, yeah, you, yeah. you this is going to fall that.
0: down on on the kid. Yeah. Um, you will sign right here, right? to yeah, participate in the that's, study. That's not going to fly in, yes. in most
1: studies. So it's difficult to to, to study, and uh, but we do know some. I mean, we know a lot about how the human body works, so mm-hmm. uh, we are able to to say, yeah, some version of this exists, and uh, adrenaline. Is the key player.
0: Right. And we've, again, this has been observed over and over again. Right. And, and, you, you know, we've got anecdotal evidence of it.
1: Yeah, I've got a few here. Uh, yeah. 1982, Lawrenceville, Georgia. Uh, right, right around a, the corner. Yeah, right around the corner. Angela Cavallo lifted a 1964 Chevrolet Impala from her son Tony after it fell off the jacks and that it held it up while he worked underneath the car. She lifted the car high enough and long enough for two neighbors to replace the jacks. Uh, and pull Tony from beneath the car. But she didn't actually hold it up long enough for them to finish working on it.
0: I know. Yeah. Lame.
1: Yeah. Here's another. In 2006, Tucson, Arizona, Tim Boyle watched as a Chevrolet Camaro hit an 18-year-old uh, by the name of Kyle. The car pinned Kyle to the ground. He's still alive right underneath it. So uh Boyle runs out to the scene of the accident and lifts the car up while the driver of the car pulled, pulled the kid to safety. So, mm-hmm. again, a uh, situation where a car's pinning somebody, somebody sees it happen, runs out, hulks out,
0: yeah, you don't have to be a mom. You can be a concerned citizen, yeah, which, which yeah. I kind of like because you know we we recently did the podcast about how people behave in crowds, and yes. so I feel like this is a nice little panacea to like, well, okay, people can be jerks sometimes, but they can also be um, terribly great.
1: And there are some. Uh, there are also some phenomenal videos of pe- of multiple people coming to the rescue of uh, of individuals that are trapped in or under vehicles. Uh, There's uh, one recent one that was, you know, huge success on YouTube where it's like an entire town coming out to help Mm -hmm. somebody that's pinned. Um, And and that also is a nice counterweight to the uh, crowd apathy we were talking about before.
0: Yeah. Um, But let's talk about why this could happen. What, you know, again, medical science doesn't necessarily recognize it that we don't, we can't really study it, but we know in theory that it's very possible and uh, adrenaline has a lot to do with it.
1: Yeah, basically, all you have to uh, one thing you have to do is just think about like the last time you were afraid or stressed, mm-hmm. and think about how your body felt. All right. Yeah. Because generally, what we're talking about here is adrenaline's effect on the body. All part of the flight or fight situation, where there's some sort of danger, so you need to be able to run towards it and put it or run the, away from it or run away from it. Mm-hmm. And adrenaline puts your body through a number of changes to facilitate either of those. Yeah. Because you're going to want to run fast, or you're going to you're going to want to be able to hit hard.
0: Yeah, let's talk about the nuts and bolts about this. Okay. Yeah. Um, basically, you've got stressors engaging the hypothalamus. Right. This no. is the
1: region of the brain that's responsible for maintaining the balance between stress and relaxation. Right.
0: It, it's the homeostasis part, right? It yeah. keeps everything nice and calm unless it needs to, to hulk yeah. out. Um, and that, so when you are hulking out that, that, uh, hypothalamus, then, says to your adrenal glands, hey, you need to go ahead and uh, tell the sympathetic nervous system that you've just hit DEFCON 4. Yeah. You know, and adrenaline and noradrenaline are then released and they just completely flood your body.
1: So the the heart rate rises, increase in respiration, dilation of the pupils, digestion slows down. And then the most important part, it allows your muscles to contract more than normal.
0: this This is if we could, you know. Underline with our voices. This is the most important part. Yes. That muscles contracting, right?
1: Yeah. Think of it. It's kind of like the government of your nervous system is temporarily giving increased power to the muscles. It's it's like putting your body under martial law, and saying, all right, uh, right. armed forces of the muscles. Normally you don't have this much power, but but since we're in a pretty dire situation, I'm temporarily authorizing you the use of additional force. That's right. Which I am. I'm hoping you will use to run away from the enemy or leg drop it.
0: Right. We're taking resources away from digestion and mm-hmm. giving them to you muscle fibers. Right. You lucky ducks. Um, so, yeah, the adrenaline just completely acts on the muscles. It allows them to contract more. And then when the body is in a calm... Um, allowing them to contract more than if the body is in a calm or neutral state. right? And um, it allows for blood to flow more easily mm-hmm. to your muscles and more oxygen is carried to your muscles. So that results in a muscle activation at a much higher level. Right. And you're also converting glycogen uh, into glucose, which gives muscles a sudden burst of energy. And again, this is what is happening when you're lifting a really heavy object or you're running for your life or – Uh, you're running to something or if, if, uh, hope this doesn't happen, you're electrocuted.
1: Yeah, now this, this was really mind blowing here as an example of, of how we, we think this works with, uh, with the hulking out. You could in theory hulk out if, if a live wire were struck, were stuck to your body or if you were struck by lightning, which explains why Hulk Hogan, when he's hulking out, does kind of look like he's being shocked. Uh, by an, uh, he does kind of outlet. look like
0: Tesla, like, undergoing the, yeah. the um, currents, yes. I mean, anyone who's ever touched a live electrical connection on, on accident, of course, knows that it's quite possible to, to be blown clear across the room.
1: Yeah, and I cannot stress how uh, little we want you to try this at home. Do not yeah. touch a live yeah. wire just to uh, experience uh, muscle and, and
0: we'll talk about why you would never want to do that in a moment um, because – Sometimes, I mean, the best case scenario is that you get blown across the room, right? You survive that. And the reason that you're blown across the room isn't because the electrical current pushed you. The force is actually coming from your own muscles.
1: Yeah. And that's that's just crazy to think about because we've seen this is one of those things that like hulking out just shows up again and again in TV shows, movies. and, And it's. And it's generally, um, you know, done with like a. they do the effect by attaching a wire to somebody's back and then mm-hmm. jerking them back. Mm-hmm. And so it creates this uh, this this idea that that the blast of the the shock or something, you know, it's like being right. thrown away from an explosion or something. But it's really a situation where ugh, your, your limbs just suddenly sp- just spasm out with this uh, strength. And you it's kind of like a cat being startled and leaping off its feet. Yeah. Except instead of just going up into the air you're across the room and through the coffee table.
0: And think of it this way too it's, it's the same extreme stress right? Like your body's just getting it instantaneously just like it would in another instance but mm-hmm. you, know, you just don't normally put the two together electrical current and child trapped under car. It's the same, your body is undergoing the same response and this is from a new scientist article it says the electric current typically flows into one arm through the abdomen and out one or both legs which can cause most of the muscles in the body con- to contract at once. The results are Unpredictable, But given the strength of the leg and back muscles, um, this can often send the victims flying across the room with no voluntary action on their part. Combined with the unexpected shock of an e- electrocution, this feels as if you are flung rather than f- uh, flinging yourself.
1: Wow. Now ima- imagine that we could manipulate this and we took all our NBA, <sighs> play- NBA players. And uh, had, like, uh, some sort of uh, electrical device implanted in them so that at just the right time, when they're about to uh, go uh, put a layup, I don't know. uh, That sounds – I'll go with um, that. You know, when they're about to – Score a basketball goal on the basketball hole. Um, they, uh, <laughs> basketball hole. They um uh, yeah they the just fishnet yeah, on, yeah.
0: on the um circle yeah yeah
1: so so like you know the basketball player will hit a button on his uh, wrist and uh-huh. then wham he starts flying through the air and just massive slam dunk. I'm just saying that maybe we'll get there with science.
0: Uh, yeah yeah, or we could harness the power of of lightning. Yes. And, you know, just make them play in uh, play metal outside. shoes.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you just have to have random bursts of incredible strength throughout the yeah. game. Can okay. you imagine
0: that Michael Jordan, like lightning, like just flying through the air and dunking? Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big basketball person, but that is exciting.
1: Yeah. More Although li- I wouldn't
0: want any harm to come to him.
1: More lightning and super strength in my team sports, please. Yes. yes.
0: Then I'll watch. So, yeah, being thrown across the room can save your life, you, you know, by breaking the uh, electrical contact that you are holding on to. Right. So this is actually a good thing. But there are other cases, particularly where the source of the current is something um, that the person is holding the victim's arms and hand muscles may actually lock onto it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, And this is where it gets deadly. Um, they're unable to let go. And if nobody intervenes or nothing else intervenes, then they could die through heart uh, fibrillation or electrocution.
1: Yeah. This is where we get the whole idea of like if somebody's being shocked, uh, you're supposed to hit them away from it with a broom handle or something.
0: I've never heard that, yeah. but it's good to know.
1: Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I, I can't remember the origin of that. Maybe it's a story from like my family's history, like somebody was being shocked and somebody had to hit it's him like with
0: 1864, a 1864.
1: Yeah. And, uh, yeah. What it's, but you know, it's the Grandma idea that, that sometimes an individual is shocked and they don't fly away. They're stuck there. It's yeah. getting more and more electrocuted, more and more a power uh, coursing through their body. And the only way to get them off is to knock them away. Yeah. With something that is not going to conduct electricity.
0: Yeah. Cause again, remember this is a massive skeletal muscle contraction. Right. And yeah, they're, they're not going to be able to, you know, let go of this themselves. So that's good to know. Yeah. In case uh, I will always have a broom nearby in my house.
1: Oh, well, that's because you're a witch too. Yeah. More, more on that in a future episode. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, Halloween's coming up. We can talk about that more later. Um, but I did want to mention that, that I'm sure a lot of people ha- you know, everybody actually has had some sort of, um, dalliance with adrenaline, right? I mean, whether it's, you know, that you picked up a 3,500 pound car or you just felt fearful, uh, you heard something in the middle of the night and, you know, you just, your, your body's just flooded with energy uh-huh. or even something like a, an EpiPen for people who have allergies. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah, exactly. Or albuterol, the inhaler. It's mm-hmm. like you get that feeling like you just run a marathon.
1: Also, um, if you ever go to Thailand, a Thai Red Bull kind of feels like this. This is
0: good to know, really. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's like it's different than normal. I don't know the exact details. Do you think this components. is
0: like back in the day when, uh, Coca-Cola actually contained cocaine that this Red Bull, this Thai Red Bull has some sort of like, uh, well, crystalline, uh, I, I, I wouldn't, in it. S- I
1: don't know if it actually contains, um, you know, anything nefarious, but it is, uh, it's like sweeter tasting. Definitely like blows you up in terms of energy, mm-hmm. and it also comes in like a little bottle that looks kind of like a medicine bottle.
0: Wow, this is just yeah. <laughs> getting odder and odder. And it's Red Bull, yeah, it's Red Bull, it's okay. branded
1: Red Bull, or at okay. least the bottle I, I purchased from a street vendor it had Red Bull on the side of it. So
0: now I know what you did the entire time you were in Thailand.
1: Oh, I, I only had the one, but I, ever since I've kind of I've, every now and then I'll be like, I could order some Thai Red Bull online. That's somebody's got to be selling it on eBay, but. Mm. If you've ever been, if anyone listening to this has ever been to Thailand and, and, uh, or lives in Thailand and, uh, and has access to Thai Red Bull, I'm, I'm not asking you to send it to me, but, uh, d- do, yeah, do yeah. send us, uh, I would be very curious to see if everybody else has had the same experience. Or, if it is yeah. actually a different, uh, different kind of, uh, chemical thing going on. And just
0: on. out of nowhere, like, you know, months later thinking, oh, I should really get some of this online. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: okay. Um, I'm just curious, because it's possible I had an isolated incident where I'm just kind of like, oh, wow, this is amazing. It's all in my head. But uh, anyway, I'm digressing away from our hulking here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Actually, right after this break, we are going to talk more about adrenaline and what it has to do with cherry trees in Washington, D.C.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Intel, the sponsors of Tomorrow, and the Discovery Channel. At Intel... We believe curiosity is the spark which drives innovation. Join us at curiosity.com and explore the answers to life's questions. All right, and we're back. And before we get back, I I do want to mention that uh, the hulking out that is uh, experienced by um, wrestlers like Hulk Hogan in the United States Mm -hmm. uh, in in Japanese pro wrestling, uh, they have a very similar thing where it's like the individual summons their fighting spirit. And I think it's tied very much uh, in with like, uh, you know, old Bushido code stuff. But it's a very similar situation where the individual's been beaten down. He's taken damage and suddenly mm-hmm. he's able to tap into this warrior spirit and fight back. So I'm just throwing that out there.
0: OK, yeah. I mean, and I'm sure that Hulk Hogan was uh, legitimately hulking out too, Probably. right? Like it wasn't just a show. Like, well, the, f- the warrior spirit was shining through. Fake
1: it till you make it, right? Yeah, there you go. But speaking of uh, of the Japanese. Um mm. Uh, an an individual of Japanese descent, uh, actually plays the crucial role in the isolation of adrenaline.
0: Yeah, Jokichi Takamini, uh, he's a Japanese chemist who was actually in the United States. And, well, I, I believe he was between um, Japan and the United States at the time mm-hmm. that he was looking into this. He actually brought it to the market. As you say, he isolated adrenaline. And this was the first hormone to be obtained in pure form and called, quote, the blood pressure raising principle of the suprarenal glands.
1: You may know it as U.S. patent 525823.
0: Yes. And we're talking 1901. Yeah. In case anybody's uh, interested in that. Uh, but before then, 1895, George Oliver and Edward Schaeffer had discovered that when the secretions of adrenal glands were extracted and injected into an experimental animal, they could raise blood pressure. And a lot of people took interest from that. Uh, Takamini actually visited their lab at, uh, Johns Hopkins and he was welcome there and he was shown the, uh, full scientific uh, courtesy of, you know, how they did it, um, and then he took that knowledge with him and back to his own lab and crystallized the hormone and then filed a patent. He was incredibly savvy and he had studied patent law and some people would accuse him of sort of taking that um the technology and, and, and um being a bit of a scoundrel. But uh-huh. the fact of the matter is is that he actually was taking it to another level and he did have the smarts, the patent Smarts.
1: So how's it used back in the day?
0: Uh, physicians carried it in their bags, and it said that Gene Tunney, the champion boxer, always kept some on hand when he went into the ring. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it wasn't just uh, our, our current day uh, sports stars uh, trying to bulk themselves up or hulk themselves up. Now,
1: I also know there is, a, there is an adrenaline concoction that's used uh, uh, when the – you know when when they're doing the whole uh, cut me thing with the boxer you know when they're, they're like touching up their face they're, well, something oh like,
0: yeah yeah i'm thinking rocky right now i, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. exactly what you're talking about
1: yeah one of the things they they smear on their face is uh, like is uh some is um some sort of sort of like bedroom. a topical yeah a topical thing to cut down on bleeding huh okay but, but yeah not the kind so of it thing just
0: makes that part of their face hulk out it's yeah like a yeah i guess square um
1: i inch. Yeah
0: yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, but i mean it, its it's not, not the kind of reaction we 're talking about here it 's no like no, a, yeah, yeah
0: yeah, yeah, but the drug transformed surgery at that time, uh, where it was usually used to control hemorrhage, as you just mm-hmm. pointed out. Um, It also found uses in cardiology and the treatment of asthma and other allergies. And, of course, it was the wonder drug touted uh, to help everything, although it could not. But it was um, prescribed for conditions like deafness um, and Addison's disease, which it actually didn't do anything.
1: In the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, uh, some kids inject it uh, to stay awake so that Freddie doesn't get them.
0: It seems like that would just go terribly awry.
1: Well... I think it, it, well, it did. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't really work out for everybody.
0: Yeah. Except Cause now, now you're, you're all pumped up on adrenaline and Freddie's coming after you. So you're like, your heart's got to be bursting.
1: Yeah. But the thing is he comes for you in your dreams. So it's like, they're, they're keeping from, yeah,
0: repentance. but somehow like, I'm going to guess they still fell asleep, even though they were pumped yeah, up with adrenaline. Yeah. yeah those right. Kids, I haven't you know, seen it, yeah, but
1: that's how those kids go. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just, uh, that's how the cookie crumbles. Um, so cherry trees.
1: Yeah, what does adrenaline have to do with cherry trees?
0: Exactly. Takamine just, he did, uh, great with this drug, right? He mm-hmm. just got all sorts of riches and jewels from it. And he used the royalties from it, uh, to, uh, create, I think, like three new companies. And he got very interested in Japanese-American relations.
1: Right, yeah. So, so as a token of goodwill, mm-hmm. uh, from the Japanese people, uh, to the United States. Yeah. Cherry trees.
0: Yeah. First Lady Helen Heron Taft was working to beautify the tidal basin around the Potomac River in Washington DC. Mm-hmm. And he gave them 2,000 cherry trees. <laughs> so, which I thought was fascinating because yeah. you don't, I mean, you know of DC as, you know, cherry tree blossoms. Uh, that's one of the defining things, physical features of Washington DC. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but there you go. It's, it all has its ties back to adrenaline.
1: Huh. Fascinating.
0: Now, now do these trees hulk out? I don't know. I,
1: I doubt, it. I doubt I, it.
0: I'm not going to hazard a guess. Yeah.
1: All right. So we mentioned about before the hypothalamus is the region of the brain that's responsible for maintaining the balance between stress and relaxation, between mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan and like the dude, between between <laughs> dude. Being, being chill and being uh, out of control. Uh-huh. Um, and of course, you know, it's it's kind of like the yoga of the brain. It's all about like maintaining that balance mm-hmm. because it's in, in the, the, you know, extremes are, are bad. You don't want to be chilled out all the time because you're going to forget to eat. Or you know, or something. I don't know. It's, right. you're, you're just gonna, you're not gonna get anything done. Or and if you're agitated all the time, um, you're, you you may die.
0: Well, we talked about this before, uh, particularly with nightmares, right? Right. Um, when we talked about the ocean refugees, mm-hmm. who I think within like a four year span of, uh, 18 of them had died in their sleep. They had sudden death. Right. And the reason for this, we know, or part part of the reason, is that they're under a uh, great Stress at that time.
1: Yeah, they were, uh, they were escaping some just really brutal conditions in their uh, home country. Right. And, uh, and yeah, so they're under a lot of stress and a lot of stress, uh, like we're saying, produces adrenaline. Mm -hmm. And, uh, this can have a rather detrimental effect on your health.
0: That's right. Adrenaline is toxic in large amounts. It damages the visceral internal organs such as the heart, lungs, liver, and kidneys. And it's believed that, as, you know, as we talked about, that almost all sudden deaths are caused by damage to the heart. Um, there's almost no other organ that would fail so fast as to cause sudden death. Kidney failure, liver failure, those things don't kill you suddenly, right? right? Um, adrenaline from the nervous system lands on receptors of cardiac mysocytes. Mm-hmm. okay, and those are the heart muscle cells. And this causes calcium channels in the membranes of those cells to open, making the heart muscles contract. And if it's a massive, overwhelming storm of adrenaline, calcium keeps pouring into the cells and then your muscles just can't relax. This is why we go into cardiac arrest. Right. So it's really interesting. Uh, neurologist Martin A. Samuel says that it's not just fear that can cause this. According to him, any strong, positive or negative emotions such as happiness or sadness could also cause it. And he says there are people who have died in intercourse or in religious passion. And there's one case of a golfer who hit a hole in one, turned to his partner and said, I can die now and then drop dead. <laughs> I, I, I have to say that seems a all dubious to me. Um, but he said a study in Germany found an increase in sudden cardiac deaths on the days that the German soccer teams were playing in the World Cup. Oh,
1: I remember uh, that study. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Because
1: they, um, they're, they're the idea is that these individuals are kind of on the edge anyway throw a really exciting soccer game at them and that's all she wrote boom yeah
0: right so it's not just fear sometimes it just well you know I guess it could be fear I suppose if you're a fan and you're you're frightened that your team might not you know pull through And yeah
1: if you have if there's someone in your life who's a sports fan who has a delicate heart try and get them to support teams that, that uh, pretty much consistently suck because <laughs> there's going to be less uh, likelihood of their team killing them
0: yeah lower the bar there for them Yeah, I'd do them a favor uh, but yeah I mean prolonged uh, state of stress can lead to complications I and mean, it doesn't you don't have to be like a, a raving sports fan it can just be that you have workplace stress and you have mm-hmm. it uh, for a long period of time uh, your body is in constant go mode and it's misinterpreting what's a threat and what's not right false right. threats as a result your immune system suffers and your cortisol levels can shoot up and as we know cortisol levels are really important in regulating our sleep too so if your levels are are, are nuts at night then you're probably not getting the Kind of sleep you need, so it's unfortunately uh, so it's just kind of um, sort of a vortex that you fall fall into, right?
1: Right, a sleep vortex, or no, a, an awakeness vortex, an, an anxiety vortex.
0: I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. So, what's the moral of the story?
1: The moral of the story is that adrenaline is a precious commodity that's really powerful, uh, and your nervous system tries to use good judgment about when and how it is used. That's right. Yeah. And that if you beat Hulk Hogan down enough, he is going to Hulk out and uh, probably defeat you. And don't make Bruce Banner angry.
0: I'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: You wouldn't like him. <laughs> He's angry. Um, nice. But let, let's uh, let's go ahead and uh, reach into the basket of listener mail here. Uh, we have a few here uh, to read. We continue to hear a lot uh, from listeners about our Misophonia and Pet Peeves uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. So, you know, dealt with uh, sounds that drive people crazy, um, other little perks that annoy them. Uh, we uh, heard from a listener by the name of Hunter. Hunter says, I listened to your misophonia podcast and I wanted to tell you this. My misophonia is the sound of a wooden pencil writing on paper. I use a m- mechanical pencils due to this. I'm a big fan of the show and uh, would love it if one of you great podcasters would email me back. Smiley face. Um, and you did email I did. Hunter back. Um, and do, am I correct on this? You share this? With Hunter, you you don't like the sound of a pencil on
0: paper? Oh no, no. Actually, that I um I what I was saying to Hunter is that that we've got a couple of emails from people who have a pencil paper issue. Really? Um similar like so, but but interestingly enough, some people can't stand the sound of the mechanical pencil because it's the metal hitting the paper.
1: See, it just shows you can't please everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But then we had another person, too, who was like, I, I can't stand the mechanical, so I went to the wooden. So it's really interesting to see that there's there's somewhat of a pattern here emerging. Hmm. I'm still kind of thrown by the socks, though.
1: The socks one, yeah. The, the um, listener who was irritated by the sound of socks on carpet. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Well, I, I th- just for the sake of fun, um, socks on hardwood is the best because you get a running start. And then you put it on the brakes, and you can you can go like. The can way I the tell road. you that
0: I do that at least once a week?
1: Oh, that's awesome! It's a great joy of mine. It's why I look forward to uh, winter yoga because I can come to the yoga room with my socks on. You sh-
0: skid right in like yeah. like like a uh, Tom Cruise in uh, Risky Business.
1: Yeah, except with pants. Yeah, you know. but uh, good.
0: very good. That was a
1: test. Let's see. We also heard from Jeremy. Jeremy writes in, and he uh, was uh, uh, talking about, uh, first of all, the Lewis Black quote that I alluded to mm-hmm. about uh, in our Pet Peeves episode, talking about the annoyance of hearing like half a conversation. And um, he straightens out and says that the quote was, I never would have gotten into college if it weren't for my horse. And then he goes on to say, I, I can attest to the whining child. I have a 2.5-year-old, and he's getting into the defiant stage. We're choosing not to call it the Terrible Twos, where he loves to whine. The worst part about it is knowing that it's not even real. The whining that I've encountered is 100% fake. I'll catch him off guard at times when he's distracted by something bright and shiny, and he stops, <laughs> realizes that he did stop, and goes right back into whining mode. Fortunately, I have a terrible listening problem and am able to drown it out with little problems. Uh, keep up the fun podcast.
0: Yeah, I have to say, Mike, I have a two and a half year old too. Same thing.
1: Yeah, she fakes. It. Constant
0: whining. Yeah, but she starts laughing because she, I think, at like hysterically
1: because she's like, ah, ha, ha.
0: Well, kind of. I don't know what she's doing there, but, uh, but sometimes I think she knows that she's such a faker that she starts laughing because she's not really pulling it off.
1: And we have one more uh, email here from Mike. Uh, Mike writes in and says, I just got uh, finished listening to your decision fatigue podcast and I have an interesting story related to this as you, uh, uh that you brought up. I just got married on 9, 10, 11. Congratulations. Uh, and was very aware that the week uh, leading up to my wedding, I was doing a very poor job at work and was forgetting all sorts of things at home. I've been back uh, to work a week now and have found things are slowly getting better. Also noted that doing our registry was a very stressful time. At some point in this time, I zoned out and started scanning random things around the store. <laughs> and this is, of course, uh, yeah. he's referring to the, the fact that they give you a scanner these mm-hmm. days at a lot of these stores. And they're like, here, take this, scan the items that... Uh, that you would like to put on your registry. And as we discussed in the podcast, picking out things for your registry is just one decision after another. And after a while, it adds up and your your brain is just white Overloaded. for the day. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I, I love this example because it's like you're, you're making careful choices early on. And by the end of the process, you're just like scanning random objects just to be done with it. Which is a great example of really how decision fatigue works. Mm -hmm. Uh, The problem, as we discussed in that podcast, being that instead of it just being a situation where your later decisions are just uh, the scanning of random objects, you end up dealing with bigger decisions and and more weighty decisions with that kind of uh, apathy.
0: Right. Like you wouldn't want to make – have to make a really important decision later on in that day if you had to register. Right. Right. That morning, yes. it would be awful. Whatever choice you made would be wrong. Yeah, probably.
1: So there you have it. If you have uh, some interesting factoids to share with us, uh, there are multiple ways to get in touch with us. Two of which are Facebook and Twitter, which are two new uh, social media sites that people are really getting into. I think I, I think they're going to take off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find us on both of those as "Blow the Mind." That's one word: "Blow the Mind." And uh, I think there's another way to get in.
0: Oh, yeah. If you're feeling old-fashioned, you yeah. can always drop us a line at BlowTheMind at HowStuffWorks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join Works staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow.